Welcome to TRB Live. That's right, live. We are back, baby. And I am John, and that is James and Lacey with me here as always. And we are here to talk to you about Ahsoka Part 5, Shadow Warrior, and what an episode it was. It sent fandom into a frenzy, and for good reason, because, wow, what an episode. And there's a lot to talk about, and we are going to do just that. But before I do, James... We're wearing the same shirt. Let's just get it out of the way. (laughs) (laughs) Bud, he's in a couple. Sure. I thought I was uh, in the clear because you had worn it like somewhat recently and I hadn't in a while. So I thought, all right, well, I'll do this and he'll surely be wearing something else. A couple of buddies in matching shirts. Mine, I had to get mine customized. I had to get my sleeves stretched out a little. Oh, you're so lame. All right. Well, we want to thank everybody who are joining us live here in the chat or if you're listening on your favorite podcast app, uh, however you're taking in the episode. Thank you so much for being with us here at TRB. It means a great deal. We're going to have a really fun show tonight for a lot of reasons. Uh, We're going to be announcing a giveaway contest in uh, just a few moments here, but also to talk about this episode. And we're going to rate it on the Rosario scale, which might, might, spoiler alert, might be one of the higher or highest rated episodes uh, that Star Wars has given us from live action, but we'll get to that in a bit. But before that, uh, make sure you're subscribed to the channel, youtube.com slash at the resistance broadcast or on your favorite podcast app. For some reason, we've been getting like bot spammed on Apple with one star ratings. I don't know what's going on with that, but if nah, you have, man. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, there was another one today that just said dot, dot, dot. And it's like, these got to be like bots or something. I don't know. Maybe it's like weird. Spotify is sending bots to spam us there. So <laughs> or people just have too much time because like the yeah. fa- any any person that feels the need to like go to any show or podcast to be like one star. Okay. Don't you have two something positive back, to do? Two back to back sounds a little sh- strange to me. But anyway, it, if you have <laughs> Apple and you can look us up there on Apple Podcasts and rate us five stars to balance out the dark side. We appreciate that very much. Um, all right. Uh, last thing before we get into the show. Uh, look, studios, let's get it together. We have shows that need to be made, people that need to get back to work. And we are we don't want Star Wars to get pushed out further than it already is. So let's make that deal. Let's get the writers and the actors back uh, with a deal that works for everybody, in, including the future, and also uh, not taking away jobs from people with artificial intelligence. But that being said, we are here to celebrate Ahsoka and Dave Filoni, who is clearly stepping into new territory as the the king of Star Wars live action television right now. Uh, <laughs> so very excited to get going with this episode. But before we do, Lacey, do we want to get into the contest first and then the uh, initial super chats? Yeah, sure. So uh, we bought this a while ago. We prepared for this, this moment we got a chatterback <laughs> chatter. it's a little there you go uh from hasbro we purchased this ourselves um when yep. they announced it back for celebration we knew it was gonna be something really cool uh we actually saw it in person at celebration the guy was like demoing the one there and it talks right. it moves it's really cool it's something that's great for collectors as well as something that's really fun and family friendly like kids are like my daughter's been begging me to open this and I'm like, no, stop. <laughs> so <laughs> the way you can enter is very similar to, ooh, hold on. 
There we go. Uh, the way you can Thank enter, you. <laughs> yeah. the way you can enter is uh, similar to what we did with the last uh, Sabine bus. So you can comment on this video, this episode, and let us know what you think is your big speculation, wild theory for next episode, part six. Or you can quote tweet the episode on Twitter and also tell us what you think is your wild theory for the next episode. Um, if you enter in both places, you're entered twice to win. So good luck, and we'll announce the winner next week. Um, and just like we did last time, so everybody knows, we do pick one winner for YouTube and one winner for Twitter. And when we put them in a hat and we pick a name, so it is totally legit. So good luck. Yep. And and keep it to the comments of the video, not the chat. Yes, not in the live yep. chat. In the actual comments once the video is not live anymore, which you sadly- You can do it in the chat too, but that that's just for yeah. funsies. Yeah, just for and fun. while you're there, thumbs up and subscribe. You know what I mean? The whole thing. <laughs> all of it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, now, we do have a bunch of super chats to, I guess, kick things off before we get into the we Rosario do. scale. Wow. Things ready to pop. So let's get through these uh, super chats. Yeah. So first up, we have Cal. What up, Cal? Cal Beckworth. How's it going, man? Thank you, he Cal. Filoni is... I'm just making sure that... He is, in fact. I think he just showed up at first, but he wasn't the first person to comment. So don't worry if you were the first. Don't worry. Uh, Kyle said, Filoni is a master storyteller, and I have still, and we still have three episodes left. I think you mean, Kyle, we only have three episodes left. I was going to say, it's a glass uh, half full. Love that. Uh, so happy to see Ahsoka smiling. Sound design was top notch. I couldn't agree more, Kyle. I just watched this episode again before the show, and the sound design is insane. Uh, Rosario, 10 Rosarios. Thanks, TRB. No, thank you, Kyle. Appreciate it. Thank you, Kyle. Uh, Joseph, what up, man? He said, first of all, thanks for the super chat. He said, this was absolute perfection. A top three Star Wars moment for me. Thrilled to share it with y'all. Thanks for being awesome. So, guys, I'm being old right now and I'm going to put my glasses on so I can actually read these. Thank you for being awesome, Joseph. Appreciate it. You are awesome, Joseph. Thank you. Uh, Freezy2324, it's not a show without Freezy. What up, man? He said, <laughs> Ahsoka saying, I won't fight you. And Anakin replying, I've heard that before. Totally was a callback to Luke in Return of the Jedi. Dave is the goat. There were, Agreed. in a lot of these episodes, obviously, Dave has written them all. There have been these moments like this that you're like, oh, I caught that. And mm -hmm. you feel really smart. This I just caught that. Moments. His name is Freezy, but he's on a beach. It doesn't make any sense. I know. He Continuity error. I love that location, though. It's a great <laughs> photo. Uh, next is Timothy Ferguson. What up, Timothy? Thank you so much for the super chat. He said, hands down, my favorite Star Wars episode so far. I only wish I could have seen it in a theater. I agree. It was a tough yeah. ticket to get. And I believe this is <sighs> Timothy's first super chat. So thank you so much for joining us. And thank you for being here. We're happy thank to have you. Thank you, man. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, this was insane. And I heard they were turning people away, which is kind of crazy. I guess they over-promised tickets and then wow. didn't. What? Yeah. yeah. That's some people wild. drove away. Yeah. Next is Darth Snips. What up, Snips? Hey. It's your day again. Your day to shine. Uh, thanks for the super chats. She said, won't be able to make it tonight, but wanted to say how much I love this episode uh, five. Snips and Sky Guy and Rex. My heart is happy. Can't wait to listen tomorrow. TRB, love you guys. May the force be with you. We love you too. Thank you. Darth, Darth Snips. Snips. This chatter back chopper is calling your name, you know? You, got, you better enter. She said her favorite. <laughs> Character is Chopper. Uh, Steven, what up, man? Thanks for your chat. He said, what a fantastic episode. And who was cutting onions three minutes into the episode? I, we're going to get into it. I've never felt more emotional watching a Star Wars like episode than this one. Mm -hmm. I don't know why. I was so 
emotional. Watch more it. than more more than Mando saying goodbye to Grogu. I actually didn't get upset about Mando saying gro- hi, uh, bye to Grogu. I got more upset that Luke Skywalker was there. And by upset, I mean emotional. Like I was crying <laughs> when he showed up. And I was like, oh my God, he's actually here. And then Grogu, I was like, whatever, he'll be back eventually. <laughs> but like, <laughs> whatever. This, <laughs> like, I don't know. This episode really, really got to me, but we'll get into that in a second. Uh, thanks, Steven. Thank you. Yeah. And yes, I was cutting onions. Uh, Jolton Jedi DiMaggio, what up, man? Yo, look at that. Is that Revan? Darth Revan? I think it is. I think so. Uh, evening all. This was a great episode of Ahsoka. Hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. Much love, Jolton Jedi DiMaggio. We Thanks, did. Buddy. Much love. Appreciate love it. it. Thank you. Next is Nick Kratz. What up, Nick? He said 10 Rosarios and one Carson Tava. Oh, bonus. Bonus okay. face. Paul is killing it in these episodes. He's got this kind of snarkiness. Like, he's the character that's like Jim in the office that like brings it back down to like human level of like what are we doing here like what is going what yeah you know what he's I mean? the only person happening. who's been in all yeah. three as of now right no I, he's the only so ahsoka has but he's the only character that like kind of bridges them all seemingly yeah because ahsoka did show up in both mandalorian and book of boba fett right yeah, yeah. and ahsoka mm-hmm. she was also in ahsoka <laughs> too <laughs> right. <laughs> stubby one kenobi nice oh is that a puppy looks like a puppy yeah. uh thanks to your chat he said we have a father and a daughter who but who is the son in my question i'm gonna say it's ezra but most likely maul 10 out of 10 rosarios uh he's talking about the mortis arc that's the big thing yeah. everybody's wondering what that how does that play into this because as soon as you bring dave up dave filoni you got to think okay world between worlds mortis arc what does this mean and uh it means yeah. palpatine Shh, don't say that name <laughs> i don't I, want i wonder here. if they go, if they really do go down that route of like anakin was supposed to take over the father and she obviously has her connection to the daughter like what does that mean for the son who is the son how will they tie that in i don't know man and it feels oh. like feloni would be the one to tell it but i just don't you got us thinking, Stubby One. He's not under. I figured it out. It's Anakin. Jason Syndulla. Oh, he he's was not under a shining Anakin star. Either. He was a shining star in this episode. He's he's the sun, though. Literally, <laughs> he is a sun. Thank you, Stubby One. <laughs> Thank, Thank you. you guys so much. Yep. All right. Appreciate that so much. That's awesome. Thank you all. It means a lot. Um, and now it's time to see if we're going to break the Rosario scale. So what we do here is each of us gives our score from zero to 10 about this episode specifically. Halves count. So you can do 8.5, 7.5, 9.5, zero to 10. And then we put our averages together, get our score, and then we check in with the resistance base and see what our resistance officers scored it and get to some of their comments. Uh, so I'm going to kick this one off. And I gave this episode a crispy 9.5. I thought this was people people are gonna be so mad at you for a 9.5 boo this man everyone boo him for a 9.5 I'll tell you why it's a 9.5 one zero Balin skull so that's an automatic half point deduction uh and then two I I I just think we've spent a little too much time on the CTOS set at Manhattan Beach in this show and I'm glad that we finally left it but beyond that, it is elite and 
one of, if not the best episode of Star Wars TV. Because I've only given out, I think, 110 before. And it was the finale of Kenobi because of Obi-Wan that's Vader. The, that's the first nine. I just saw nine pop up. <laughs> I was like, that's the first not 10. Yeah. So nine, <laughs> nine like. five for me. Uh, James, what did you give this one? I also gave it a nine five because I just I you look at the episode and you're like, there's stuff going on here that's just absolutely incredible. And it has to be higher than of what I've rated other episodes. I do. I, I will be slightly critical of this episode that it, when I went back on my rewatch, there are parts that I'm like this. I, I know what happens here. And this is long in the tooth. These sections, they drag out a little too long. Most of it has to do with like, Hera and, and you know, uh, them kind of standing over. It's not that the stuff they don't say is important, but they show a lot of it. And there's a lot of talking about searching and stuff. And I feel like some of those parts dr drug a little, especially when you look at the runtime for the episode, it's long, it's a long episode. And I feel like yeah. it could have been trimmed back a little bit, but that's really mostly, I think the only real negative I have of the episode, because there's not like design problems, music problems, character oh, problems, no. nothing, no. you know, yeah, it's like gonna, all of yeah. this is like pretty dang perfect. So I, you know, on that, like, where does it stand up against the episodes? I'm saying like, it's probably my favorite episodes those so far. So you got to go up, but going up from a nine means 9.5. Yeah. You know, it's a great episode when, people are upset that you give it a 9.5. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, what was the last one? It's like everybody who rated it a 10, you know, then what was it? Was it episode four, right? Yeah. Just the previous yeah, one? there's been a lot of 10s. Like, people are loving the series. Yeah, um, so those are equal. Lacey, in your mind? Yeah. part five. What do you got on the Rosario scale? An absolute 10. 10. <laughs> Perfect she episode. It. <laughs> it was perfect. There was nothing I would change. I wouldn't change the length. I wouldn't change the writing. I wouldn't change acting. I wouldn't change anything about it. It's absolute perfect Star Wars. It was magical. And these guys know because we're in the Discord chat together that as soon as I finished watching it, I wrote 10, 10, 10, 10, 10. It's a 10. Yep. Uh, it yeah. has been easily one of my favorite episodes of Star Wars ever created. And it is... Uh, some of the best storytelling we've gotten from Disney Lucasfilm since they took, they bought Lucasfilm. Dave Filoni killed. Yeah, There's, I have no notes. Perfect. No notes. You're no quiet notes. This episode. I mean, uh, like no <laughs> negative notes. How about that? Oh, no negative oh, notes. Oh. Okay. Very good. Very good. So for us, that is a nine point seven. It should which, be a ten. Uh, which ties? Which ties our high. For a single episode of Disney live action Star Wars. I believe Kenobi episode part, uh, part six also got a 9.7 from us. And this the third highest was the rescue. The season finale of Mando season two was a 9.6. I was so going to say, how did that not get higher? We have rated this the top tied for the top live action Star Wars episode on Disney Plus to date. And it was season two Mandalorian ending? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, all right. We check in with our patrons. And as you can see, if you're watching on YouTube, you see all the Rosarios filling up the screen for the TRB score. And now James is going to work some magic and go to the patron <laughs> score, which is also a 9.7. <laughs> so we are, we are, what, what do they call it? Symbiotes? We are one with the patrons. We are one with the resistance officers. We're a dyad. Collectively. 
We are. We're a dyad in the Rosario. 9.7. We are 97% a dyad. <laughs> yeah, all right. Uh, so great score by them. I think that is the second highest score for our patrons. I believe they gave a 9.8 um, to, might have been also the Kenobi finale. Um, I need to go really, back and make that the, really was the graph that says this is what patrons gave, this is what we gave, this is yeah. what James gave, this is what John gave for every episode and just see where Cup. we couple of comments here. Uh, some of these folks might be in the chat, but we have Adam Furley, who gave it a 10 out of 10, said greatest Star Wars television show ever and mm-hmm. the best episode, too. So he's saying Ahsoka is mm-hmm. the best series and this was the best of that. Uh, so the only way to go from here is down for episode six through eight. Yeah. Um, Why would you eight. say that? <laughs> Just kidding. Jamie Gerber (laughs) chimes in next. I believe we saw Jamie in the chat. Jamie said, I'm pulling a spinal tap and turning it up to 11. The quality of this story is just incredible. It's crazy that Ahsoka debuted in the Clone Wars all those years ago, and we're still getting incredibly powerful stories. Kudos to Dave Filoni for such an amazing show. So a lot of that, that's like what we're hearing in those comments, what we're saying here, Mm -hmm. that seems to be the norm. Uh, mm-hmm. of what people are saying about this episode. So is Dave Filoni uniting Star Wars fans? Uh, remains to be seen because the show's not over yet. We know that can go sometimes. Um, get ready now, get ready for tens or disappointment. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, <laughs> no, now no, no. we are gonna we are about to hop into our main discussion of these, this episode uh, and we're gonna start things off with our favorite moments, quotes or shots. But before we do that, uh, Lacey, we have a couple of super chats we gotta get to. We do. First, we have Matt. Hey, Matt. How's it going? Thanks, Matt. Love. Is that Cliffs of Moore behind you? Love it. Been there. Awesome. Uh, he said, hey, all. If Anakin was Ahsoka's ghost from Christmas past, will we see him again for more? These relatable life lessons is why I love Star Wars and TRB. Smiley face. Thanks, love Matt. you, too. Appreciate it, um, So what do you guys think we're going to see? I think we're going to not see more Anakin. I think this is it. I think this episode was the Anakin episode, and we're moving on. I think, I think we, we might hear him, but we won't see him. Yeah, I think we might hear him again. I don't know about see him, but I don't think this is the last of Anakin yet. So am I wrong on this, but I was waiting for the trailer line. You can do this, Ahsoka. I believe in you or whatever. I don't right. know yeah, if I ever said that. They used it again, too, in another promo today. They used it again. So I think at least voice, we could see him again in this series, but I Mm -hmm. don't think this is the regular go-to thing for her that when she needs help, he's going to pop up. So don't think that. Right. Or think that and just say I'm wrong. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's possible. Yeah, totally. Yeah. All right. Um, Next up is William. Hey, William. How's it going? Thanks for the super chat. He said, just became an admiral on Patreon. Oh my God. Thank you, what? William. Dude. We're so excited to what? have you. Uh, been watching and listening for a while and it felt it was time to support this amazing podcast and trio. Oh. We appreciate it, William. We're so happy to have you. You're going to love Thank it. Thank you, William. You're going to yeah. love it. Now you can hop into our, our bi-monthly chats that we do also, which gets... And Discord, which I will time. get back to you probably tomorrow morning. So. Yeah. Q&A. Uh, thank you. All right, after thank this, you, too. William. And welcome. Welcome to the base. Uh, and anyone who's a, a, a resistance officer in the chat, welcome, William. He's he's in the mix. Admiral. Grand Admiral. William. <laughs> Grand. Grand Admiral. Yep. All right. Let's get into this episode. Um, mm-hmm. We'll start with our favorite moment or quote or shot. Uh, so I'm sure, I'm sure there's going to be the, the term rack involved or dolly. 
in a few moments here because we're going to start things off with the actually nation. Dave didn't use any real. He used one rack focus, which was on to show uh, Harrison Dula like realizing that Jason was hearing something outside of just water. That was like the only real rack focus, and it was like to bring it into like her. But that being said, uh, I feel like one of you guys is going to say this, so I'm not going to say it because it's like the one shot that everybody loved in this episode. So I'm not going to say uh, it. Take it because I, I mine is not yeah. the conventional. Well, I have two shots that aren't the same. I know, but I like to give varying shots. It gives different points of view. So I don't want to say the same thing. So I'm going to let someone else say it. But uh, the shot where Ahsoka says that she chooses to live, which... I think overall, when you watch this episode, it plays out very much like an animated movie and not like a live action movie. I think Dave's pull to the animation side of things and his way of seeing things is very much through an animated lens. Obviously, we're seeing live action Rebels, but it it was very clear in this episode to me. Like It felt like an anime. It felt like kind of this mystical animated movie that took Star Wars like a different way, which I loved. Um, but the shot was when Ahsoka decides that she wants to live and the it goes to a wide shot and the whole kind of scene condenses with water to like the mm-hmm. one uh, plane that she's standing on. Mm-hmm. And the sound design, the lighting in this episode is perfect. Like it, it's just so cool. And the noise it makes when everything kind of like compresses and it turns back into water is just so sick. I I loved it. So it's less of a camera operated move. I'm sorry, guys. It's more of like a visual effects, like very <laughs> yeah. cool lighting sound design shot for me. Um, and that to me was one of my top ones. Very cool. Great shot. Great moment. Um, James, you're up. What was your favorite moment shot or quote from part five? Um, oh, we can do quote now, too. We've always um, been able to. You guys are just always about the framing. You always say shot or moment. You say shot or moment. <laughs> you do. It says quote in the notes. I know, but um, we usually talk about quotes in discussion anyway. So I think, that, I mean, there's a ton. So I'm going to pick this one out because I thought it would be similarly different um, to what Lacey was saying. Is But I love um, seeing young Ahsoka during the Siege of Mandalore scene. Um, specifically there's one shot before Anakin shows up where she's like fighting some people and she's doing a bunch of like acrobatic stuff. And I'm like, Oh, they made it work. Like I've have felt like Ahsoka in live action has sort of been like yoga E and not so much like gymnastics E, you know? Mm, mm. Um, but somehow like in this, I was like, yep, that's, that's how she fights. And it was just so cool to see. And they gave her this moment where she like knocks somebody down on the ground. And when she stands up, she's in this like pose uh, that is very like season seven Ahsoka. And they have the clone troopers running behind her that have the uh, the face paint. Yeah. And it was yes. just like this moment of like so much coming together. Lacey, you said, I know we're watching live action rebels. This was live action Clone Wars. Oh, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it yeah. was it was absolutely nuts to see it. And you're like, I can't believe what I'm looking at on the screen right now. Like, yeah. I, I w- we'll get to it later. But Anakin. Perfect. I, I, I don't know. He how to looked say it amazing. Hayden there's was. Not, there's not he, a hiccup. 
it's, he literally said, hey, remember all those people that doubted me or made comments about my acting? What now? He killed it this episode. Killed oh, it. Yeah. He looks yeah. so good, too. Like, I hope I look that good. When you get de-aged? Yeah, when you get de-aged. Well, when he, <laughs> he wasn't that de-aged. He looks good. I don't know. I can't even tell. I'm just like, uh, even looks, in well, Obi-Wan, I'm like, here's my maybe, thing. But like, just buy it. I don't know. So my... My favorite moment was from this whole part of the episode, too. Um, but real quick, like just thinking about it, like when I see this de-aging in this episode, which I thought was perfection, and he did look like he looked in 2005 to me, even though like sometimes they botch the wigs where you're like, that looks a little off. Or like, it comes that, a little out of that place. Too. Yeah. Yeah. That looked, that looked perfect, too. Mm-hmm. And it made me like really ask more questions about what the heck happened with Obi-Wan Kenobi. Because he was supposed to be even younger there. And they're like, he's just going to be 42 and you're just going to have to deal with it. And we're like, okay. was, you were like, mm. I don't yeah, know if that's on Deborah Chow because the directors ultimately make the call on final, you know, choices for editing and stuff. But or if it was a budget thing, but it makes me scratch my head because this looked so good. And maybe Filoni was like, we got to put that budget into that because the fans know they know. But my favorite moment was the very end when Anakin is Darth Vader, which is this is the first time we're actually seeing full formed Darth Vader had he not been injured. Like right. Anakin on in Revenge of the Sith was technically called Darth Vader, but he was still Anakin. He was still mm-hmm. he could have still gone back at some point. This they made was, him look sickly too. Like his skin was like a yellowish this was how color. He spoke. Yeah, yeah, how he spoke mm-hmm. and everything. But that last moment when he's got the Sith eyes and he lowers his head and she says, I choose to live and he, he picks his head up and his oh my eyes God, are back yes. to normal. But it's not even that you see him transform every nuance of his face back to the non-tortured version of so Anakin. Hayden killed so, that transition. So that hard. moment for me was yeah. Perfect. Right. And the little right smirk he gives, I was like, I had a thought in my mind and I almost said it because I was looking, I was trying to examine this earlier. Do you think that they de-aged him when he's Anakin and did not de-age him when he's Vader? Cause I think that when he's in that state, when he's got the eyes and everything, I think he looks stressed, older, whatever. Yeah. And then he puts his head down and when he comes back up, he's back de-aged, clean, younger, fresher. I think it's more of just the, like Lacey it was saying, be. he, just the the dark side and what it does to you and like he looked tortured and twisted and uncomfortable that, and in pain those subtle choices that hayden made though he yep. looked so good and it yeah. was like the twer- like the way he used his mouth the, the eyes everything the eyes just yeah. see it come over his whole body and like oh my gosh what and a moment for him yeah it i don't want to take even... anything away from his acting either because i understand that like he he's like no i was like i was this and then i was yeah. that you know i i did that um so, yeah. his lightsaber twirling he <laughs> oh my god oh, yeah. the moment in the beginning where they start the fight which i love that we're kind of like in this middle of the episode part but that's fine right. uh where he does the crazy spin move that he loves to do that he said he learned like early on when he got the role he did yeah. it again, but like to a point that you're like, this guy has not stopped twirling a lightsaber for 23 years. Well, let's so so let's get let's get. But into I do want to mention one thing really quick because we didn't bring this moment up. Semper Fi Danny said it in the comments. I'm going to bring it up because this was the one I was thinking about. 
the transition scene, but that flash between Anakin and Vader and the smoke. This is the scene that everybody was losing their minds over. And I yep. equally lost my mind over to the point that I showed it to my husband last night. I was like, look at this moment. It's the zoom out from Ahsoka to the wide shot of her standing there to him walking through the smoke. And then it cuts to Vader, it cuts back to him. Beautifully done. Um, yeah, it was, it was. There's so two. Good. There's sort of like one where he's walking away and one where he's walking forward. But I think most people talk about the one where he's walking away. Walking away, and when he came yeah. forward, it flashes again because they perfectly yeah. have the cape go to his sleeve. Like, it's so clean. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the walk away was just a very cool kind so, of... I don't know if it's visual effects necessarily. To me, it looked like they shot it twice, once with Anakin and once with Vader, and they're just like perfectly yeah. timing the lighting. The lighting in this episode, oh my gosh, is just so great. It's so great I in just, all those scenes. I just want to remind people, like, let's all like stop for one second and think about this that I'm like out of breath how excited <laughs> Dave Dave Filoni is soon to be making a full length full budget feature Star Wars film can't wait just, just think about that again just for a moment right it's oh. just wild like I, I'm I have it pulled up and I'm like just kind of clicking through when there are scenes when you pause on Anakin standing there and you're like that's Revenge of the Sith Hundred percent. Oh yeah, exactly. Exactly. Hundred percent. That's revenge. I I want to find out what they did with this show, and they had that has to be the blueprint because it's it's it made me feel like he Dave Filoni made Revenge of the Sith. You know, like it's that good. It's like that close to George. It's perfect. Let's get let's get to this now because which is why he did this one. Now we know it's not Thrawn and Ezra. It was because Anakin was so much in it. So he probably was like, no one's touching this except me. Hmm. Um. I think it was actually Anakin. I don't think it was a vision. No. I don't no, no. think it was a dream. I think it was actually him, but a weird sort of version of him in the Force. That's sort of like all of him. Are you guys serious? It's him waiting for her. I, no, man. I'm like. I'm like. Well, that's definitely ruled out. You. Ca- it cannot be him as a person. And I'll tell you why it's him. Because. <laughs> That's crazy. Because she says, I will not fight you. And he says, I've heard that before. And she, if it was in her mind, she wouldn't have known that, that Luke did that. It's a memory of Anakin's that's organic to only Anakin that he is bringing up in that conversation, which to me proves beyond a shadow of a doubt that this is the spirit of him here. I agree 100% with that. And that's what tipped me off too. All right, let's clarify, because I thought what you were saying was it was actually physically Revenge of the Sith Anakin showing. No. Okay, yeah, 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 okay. I'm no, like, clearly, because he's changing out. back and forth between Vader and... No, it's both his of you were like, that's 100% Anakin, and I'm like, no, the what? S- no. It's hit, no, it's, okay. it's I got you. the same way Yoda shows up on Octo is Yoda. Yeah, I got you, yeah, I got okay. you. Yeah. I thought you were saying it was actually like the physical and, person and go, walking into the world between worlds or whatever. Lacey, like, you brought what? up like, no, Filoni likes to pepper those things in there. Mm-hmm. And he does. But like in this instance, it's clearly on purpose to let us know that, no, that's Anakin. This it's comment, Anakin. too, that he makes to her during the Clone Wars segment where he's just like, is that what you're on about? Like, is that what this is about? When she's calling about him out for like, turn. hey, yeah. you turned an evil person. He's like, really? We're going to go back to this? Right. Like, hey, we're past and, this. Type and thing, him not knowing, not. yeah, him not knowing about the siege of Mandalore because it was either when it happened exactly when he was rescuing Palpatine with Obi Wan, or yeah, something he wasn't else. there with her. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, uh, yeah, so I love I all those details, man. I, I still, I'm going to like sit on this one for a long time of like trying to figure out. And I think it's supposed to be, you know, ambiguous, but it, the thing is, is like, I just really trying to figure out what is this thing? You know what I mean? It's very but similar it's not to Luke, other, it's not Luke going into the cave in Dagobah. It's not Mm-mm. Ray, uh, touching the lightsaber. This is some, it's this Ray was real. laying yeah. down in Rise of Skywalker, hearing everybody talk to her, but sh- her mind is there. It's almost like Dave Filoni's like, you know what's better than having the glowy ghost sitting on a tree stump? Let's make the Force ghosts. Let's bring the people into the this realm, and that's where they can interact with Force ghosts. You know what I'm saying? And like because Ahsoka like was close to death. It was she was sort of in the afterlife a little bit. Uh, that's it's how where I we've see seen it. it in like a lot of other type of movies like this, like fantasy sci-fi stuff, where they're like in purgatory, but they're not there yet. And you know, the lead hero has to decide whether to go back or not, and they make yeah. that choice. Then they're like, okay, see you mm-hmm. later, type thing. And they get like Harry Potter goes and sees Dumbledore at some point, and then comes back. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like that, like that purgatory or that like, I'm- is it my time? The thing about this is, like, I hear what you guys are saying. I'm not completely sold on anything. And I, I it's just because I can't fair. quite yeah. wrap my head around how th- that can be, like, the exact answer. Because I'm like, there, but these things don't make sense. I don't have enough to fully speak on it yet. But I think over time, as we contemplate and talk about this scene a little bit more, I think we can, so- I'll sort of come to some type of conclusion of how I can make sense of what is going on. There's just too much about him being light and dark and, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, physical. And then they go into these other worlds, but unlike the world between worlds before, when you walk through that door, you were really there. And in this case, it seems like when they walk through that door, they're not really there because she's sort of like, re-embodying herself and therefore making new actions that right. so that for, a, for like if if they are in fact the same moment then for a moment in the siege of mandalore the young ahsoka became the old ahsoka and it, a lot of that doesn't make sense because obviously yeah, Anakin would have to be there too and stuff some of this doesn't make any sense so i'm I like don't know that i, I gotta to, wrap my head but, around it over yeah. time but where it's at right now i'm fun being in the ambiguous just the same as the characters are supposed to be right going like what just happened i don't know but i experienced it yeah and the sound of the world between worlds was so cool from the sound of the weight of them being on that kind of like path to like Mm -hmm. the celestial music, to like it sounds like waves crashing. There's so many layers that I would love to get a screenshot of like the sound design of like how many things they layered to make this space feel real because it made it feel so big. And but it not to the point that it was like goofy, like, oh, echo, echo, echo. It was just like it had a lot of weight. I I like that too. Um, And I... I can't help but think that when he was outlining this and then like fil- starting the dialogue, he's like, I have to drop hints as to what I- I'm really doing here without completely beating people over the head with it. And it takes me back to the last episode when he says, hello, Snips, which to me uh, proves that it's them and their connection. It could That could still mean it's in Ahsoka's head. 
but it doesn't mean that it was just the world between worlds creating Anakin. It's actually something personal Anakin created for her. So it rules out mm-hmm. that it's like the world between worlds creating Anakin. Then mm-hmm. he says, I didn't expect to see you so soon, which to me says afterlife. He didn't and he's expect been watching her. To, her. Yeah. yeah, he didn't expect her to die that soon. And then we know that she was, this was a very short period of time because they go to, you know, Hera goes right there to the ruins. Then they go out to find her. It's not that long. And then in this episode, he says stuff like, I've heard that before. And you know that that's an organic memory only to Anakin. So to me, all those things are connecting the dots that this was the spirit of Anakin. This is sort of like this purgatory afterlife thing. And it was a moment for closure for for Ahsoka to sort of be reborn. And we'll get to that in a minute and what that meant and how that was visually shown to us uh, too. But there's a lot of other aspects in terms of surface level stuff. The lightsaber fights, like you guys were saying, the twirls and the, just the the actual fighting itself felt like a nice blend between original trilogy and prequels because it didn't feel too choreographed, but it also felt emotional and spiritual. Uh, and that shot uh, very symmetrically of them right down the center and it was a wide shot and they're clashing yeah. their sabers, reminding me of Obi-Wan and Anakin. It's just so... It's just so enjoyable to ingest this because there's so much to take in and it's so visually beautiful. And like you said, sonically, uh, it's one of the best lightsaber battles ever. We could probably spend the whole episode on this segment alone, Yeah. uh, but I know there's more to get to, but I'm not ready to to turn yet. I want to mention one other thing too, because we're talking about the like, is is it just like in her head, uh, the vision thing? And I think that also has to be ruled out because Jason and right, Hera so I brought this up on the it. comments. Yeah. I have to give Troy Rabbit Raccoon the credit because I did think this, but he said it, which was Jason heard Ahsoka fighting. Yeah, it actually happened. It wasn't a dream or anything else. I right. agree. If he's I, sensing right. it, then he has this connection to it happening. Then it's real. Yeah, yeah. and and Hera hears it too. She says, "Good work." So and Ahsoka there was is, shocked when he said, there Who "Absolutely, are you is something happening, and it's not just happening to her, to Ahsoka." So it, it's yeah, it's in front of them somehow. Yeah, but yeah, it's crazy. I don't know. It is. It really is. And I, I get that. You know, some people may be like, "All right, well, Filoni is just, you know, he's got to start telling us stories beyond the Clone Wars and and that sort of thing." And but this is Ahsoka, and this is that story. So we are going to get more. Like we are eventually going to see Dave Filoni tell stories that aren't connected to this character and this stuff. But those right. threads are so important to the relationship between her and Anakin, her journey as a character in general, and of course where uh, her end game is, which we're not sure yet. But right, uh, I, I I I can't imagine this having been executed any better in terms of this segment in particular. Uh, and I'm glad that they did like go right to it pretty much after the title comes up. Um, and it wasn't like one of those like when is it? When is it? When is it? He's like, yeah. no, here it is, and yeah, and just. So masterfully done. What do you, you guys think of it's the bit? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I'm just saying it's hard to not stop talking about it because it was just I know. so amazingly done. Um, and I think that's one of the things that really stuck with me is I'm gonna I will openly admit I'm not the biggest prequel fan. I, I never have been. Uh it's just I didn't connect with that. I connected with the original trilogy, so the prequels are very different from the original trilogy. It's just different. So um to see Hayden back was just such an emotional experience. And it was for Obi-Wan too, but for this, it was just different. It felt like his like, you know, beautiful 
moment that he gets to be the character he wants to be. And I saw people online immediately being like, Clone Wars series now with young Ahsoka and Hayden, let's go. No, no, <laughs> um, come on. Look, if they did it, I wouldn't hate it. I'd be all for it. I don't care. I'd take it because Hayden's in it. And I, nothing makes me happier than seeing him succeed and getting to play this character again. Oh, I agree. It so much. And he killed it. His fight scenes were incredible. His acting was perf- like perfect. I keep saying perfection. I'm trying not to say that, but it was. Um, and I think that's one of the reasons I got so emotional because I was just like, this is his moment. He's like, Obi-Wan was his moment too, but this is different. This is like, well, he yeah. gets to be himself. Yeah. And to- go, go ahead, ahead, James. I was just going to say real quick, he got to be Vader without being in the costume. And he got to deliver lines as Vader, as Anakin. Like mm-hmm. when he said, incorrect. And then when he said, you lack conviction. I'm pretty sure they blended James Earl Jones and his voice there in that moment. Because it sounded, there was a reverberation to it. And the way he delivered it, I was thinking in my head, like, how would that sound as Vader? I'm like, it would sound just like Vader. So he's not only pulling off the Anakin stuff, and playing a younger Anakin, he's pulling off being Vader too. Like Hayden Christensen is completely rounding out everything and doing things more than he ever had to do in the prequels. And it's just hats off to him because he could have. He's on board for away. everything. Yeah. Yeah. He could have walked away and been like, screw that. I got treated like crap. I'm done with that stuff. And he's like, give it to me. I'm going to show everybody what it's all about. And he did it. Mm-hmm. I was, um, I was going to try to usher us into how this, the, the, this episode sort of is in two parts where it's like all of this Ahsoka stuff in the world between worlds is like the first half and there's the second half. But I was looking for when is that actual like middle point and to the second, the middle point is the moment when he looks where he's looking down and when he looks back up, he's Anakin. That That is the exact middle of the episode. It's kind of funny that it's like before the middle, he's dark and after the middle, he's light it's like within seconds and then ahsoka completely changes too because then she gets rescued and then from there it's sort of like this reborn ahsoka which i i've noticed especially at the end of the episode like of course she's wearing the white and all that stuff right but she wakes up without her you know headdress on so it's almost like literally a a rebirth we've like we haven't really seen her like that but then also she's way more playful at the end and hopeful and not as worried about like we need that map to make sure this, and I'm not sure about this yep. unless Sabine shows me this. And now she's like, we'll see. Yeah. So she's believing in and the force again and being more playful about it with Hu Yang. And I'm liking that Filoni is taking that twist with her because I yeah, think- Yeah, less negative. Was, she was being too stoic and stuff. As soon as she was washed yeah. over with the water and then with light too, there's that symbol right there where she's like laying on the bed and the she's light- It's more like playful. Like, which, first yeah. of all, if I was pulled out of the water after almost dying, I would not look as good as Rosario Dawson did when she's laying on that bed. <laughs> she well, doesn't have hair. <laughs> That's one thing. She looked amazing. I was like, her skin, she's glowing. Looks she's great. like Kristen Wiig in Bridesmaids when she goes to the bathroom and fixes her makeup and goes back to bed. <laughs> yeah, just um, wild. Well, yeah, but- we, we were saying there, I was going to throw it into, like, obviously there's a lot of, like, religious, like, baptism and, like... Um, you know, coming, being reborn and other things like that, that all was in there too. Like specifically the baptism of like, she's there, she's being like the water takes her over when, and then she gets pulled out of the water and all this. And it's like, then 
she's from that point on like the white, happy, different light version, you know, it's like, okay, there's obviously some connections to that, which is all pretty cool. I think she, yeah, she's washing away the kind of issues she's had. It's the closure Mm -hmm. she needed with Anakin and with her own past. And basically what triggered her, which was the Balin skull comments of like, all you are is death and destruction. And she's trying to say, I'm not, I'm more than that. which is what Anakin was trying to show her in so many words. You know, you're not just this thing. And this thing is, it's cool too, this episode, because, you know, we didn't really get it specifically, but it's very, it's very reminiscent of like, say, Kanan going into the, uh, the cave or, you know, wherever he was, the temple. And he was dealing with all the issues of how he never really finished being a Padawan. And so he gets knighted and it becomes the next thing. It's like he has to go through the trial and he has to have the force spirit tell him, you're able to move on past this. And this was sort of Anakin coming back and saying, I'm here to finish your training. We never finished, you know? So getting this closure and her moving on is sort of a way of saying that she's graduated um, Jedi Academy, you know what I mean? She's moved on becoming just the Padawan and then walking away. Like he's there. She to also say, saw it through. Like that was the big thing that Hugh, yeah. Hugh Yang has said in the past, like, Oh, you walked away. And she's like, Oh yeah, I walked away. I, you know, didn't want to do this. I didn't fall through Sabine. I didn't fall through the Jedi. This is something that she followed through. She, she defeats made, Anakin. She defeats him in a way without yeah. defeating him, obviously, but she takes a stand and makes a choice of I'm not doing this. I'm going to stand well, here in your face and make this choice. I'm not going to walk away or right. run away. But she also like actually like flips the lightsaber around and gets it right to his right. face. And like she wins the fight. And then that's the point when he backs away and he's like, okay, you know, and he tur- turns from being Vader. So it's she like, did kind of give up with the Balin school stuff. Like that episode, yeah. the last one, she looked like she was giving up. She was giving up with Sabine. She was giving up. She felt like this is it. We can't do anything after this. Like we just need to get the map and destroy it. Like we're basically, I'm worthless. I'm not capable of helping here. And and her her focus in that, um, I think I said this last week. Her focus in that duel with Balin was on everything but herself. Right. And she needed to have this experience for herself in order for her to move forward to help other people. And they always say that you gotta you gotta fix yourself first before you can help other. Put your people. mask on on the plane before yeah. helping the person next to you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> now, I know we have uh, some super chats we want to get to. So I want to hear what other people have to say. Yeah. So let's get to those super chats. Uh, first up is Luke. What up, Luke? How's it going, man? Count Pepto. Thanks for the super chat. He said, "What's up, TRB? Does this time with Anakin in Episode Five make you guys view him differently as a character? Maybe a little bit more. Hundred percent for me. I have a." I feel like reinvigorated love for Anakin that I didn't have before. And I, I think it started with Obi-Wan Kenobi, the series first. Um, like I said, I'm not a big prequel person. I didn't really grow up with them. I grew up with the original trilogy, so it just doesn't like my thing. But I, I told you guys, like I was tearing up watching Hayden on screen. I thought he, he was amazing. And I want nothing more than to see more of him, honestly. Um, so yeah. that's where I am. I don't know if you guys want to chime in. I always liked Anakin, um, and thanks, thanks, uh, Count Pepto. Appreciate it, buddy. Um, I think, but I think, I, that, go ahead. Well, yeah, I just was gonna say, I just don't think Lucas wrote him very well from a dialogue perspective, and I think mm-hmm. that hurt Hayden mm-hmm. and it hurt the character a bit. Um, and 
I, anyone, I think even George Lucas himself would say like he's not the greatest writer in the world, but he's a great storyteller. But in terms of like writing a dialogue, I think Filoni's much better, and we're seeing that here. So I think what this is doing is sort of like well, people said the Clone Wars did, but this is like serving just the character better in general and um, adding layers and stuff like that. So I maybe I do like him more, but it's not one of those things where I didn't like Anakin. Now I do, um, but I'm more happy for Christensen than anything because. I've always thought he got a bad rap because I like other movies he's been in, especially Shattered Glass. Check that out if you haven't yet. Uh, Little Italy. <laughs> oh, <Jumper. God. laughs> um, I do I like a Little one. Italy. Okay, that is a real movie, and he was amazing in it. He was really great. Uh, I was going to say what John said, which is I think anytime that you have something that comes out after that bad thing or that negative thing or whatever, that adds more layers or gives a positive light to that character. I think the Clone Wars did wonders for the prequels. I think a lot of people who watch the Clone Wars now go back and they watch the prequels and they're like, come on, they're not that bad. Like they enjoy them differently um, than the people who just watched them, didn't like them. And then obviously was like kind of done with Star Wars and didn't bother with the animated stuff. I think this is a little bit of that. It probably hits like it gives more for people who didn't watch Clone Wars, you know, so yeah. people watch the prequels, they watch this and they go, maybe there's a little part of this. Like I could look differently on the prequels now. Maybe if I go back and rewatch it, I'll see a little bit of this in there too, and know that it's all part of the same world and stuff. Whereas most of us who are watching the show right now did do the Clone Wars thing. Mm-hmm. So this is like, you know, what's 10 points when I already have a thousand, but for most people like zero, like that 10 makes a big difference, you know, or it could be a hundred to them because it is something significant. So I think this does for a lot of people affect the prequels in the positive direction. Right. Thanks so much for the super chat. Uh, next up we have stubby ones back. What up stubby one? He said, uh, do we see Anakin and Balin's order 66 flashback? So now th- first of all, thanks for super chat. This is an assumption that we're going to see that. I don't know if we're going to see that. I don't think we need to. I think it's pretty clear that he, as in Balin, I know there's two he's in the sentence. He, as in Balin, has talked about Order 66 and how he disappeared. I think that was the explanation that we we got. Maybe we might get something in a book or a comic later, but I don't think they're going to go into it. I think right now his mission is now what's next, not what happened. I think yeah. that what happened was the fight between him and Ahsoka was that him getting that out. I don't think it has anything to do with us seeing what happened to him. I think they're doing that a little too much and they need to lay off that. The uh, Let's explain everybody's point of view during during Order 66. Yeah, I, I, I mean, we joke, you, Lacey, you joke about you've had enough of Palpatine. I've had enough of Order 66. <laughs> no, that's not a joke. <laughs> I, ha- I have. But you also have said this before, John. 100% that you were like, how many times are we going to see Order 60 things? It's a lot. It's been a lot. Yeah. I'm uh, I'm okay with moving beyond it, but then every time we get something for it, I go, okay, <laughs> cool. New new view. Yeah. Like, I'm okay yeah, with moving get past it. it, but you want to show me who rescued Grogu? All right. You know, like, and I'm I cool love that scene. scene like that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they did an Obi Wan also. It's just, yeah, right. It's, yeah. enough. it's enough already. I, um, I think that the, this could be kind of interesting, but I I do think what you guys have pointed out is that we already basically know everything about it is he went missing. He does, in fact, know about Anakin, so he did see him or encounter him. We don't need to see it. We already have that information, you know? 
few know her what he truly what he became later whatever you know it's like so we know he knows so i i think we already have the pieces uh put together we don't need to see it mm-hmm. great, yeah great. thanks um, for the super chat yeah oh sorry jaren do you have anything else to say no 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 okay uh Thank next you. we have frank what up frank thanks for the super chat he said i always thought anakin still felt like a padawan in Re- uh revenge of the sith I love how this episode made live action Anakin feel like the experienced, powerful Jedi we always saw in uh, Clone Wars. So happy to be here tonight. We're happy to have you, man. Um, I agree with this, Frank. I think I think that's what I, I kind of have trouble with, with Re- Revenge of the Sith, is that he seems kind of whiny still. And mm-hmm. then you see him in the Clone Wars and you're like, I know what they're trying to do here, but it doesn't really connect. Like, it's two different perspectives. Like, it just doesn't yeah. work. Whereas this episode of ahsoka connected all those roles together all those moments in a way that you're like this is the same character and i think that's what worked well so well for me anyway yeah it's definitely a tricky thing because you go from you go from him being a padawan and then the next one he's like a knight or whatever and so he sort of graduated off screen right then it's weird because you go into the clone wars and you basically start that with the the movie or whatever and he's getting his padawan so he's like wait again like when did he ever like graduate from being a padawan we never saw that now they have since explained it and they've I, i forget where it was in a book or something but um we kind of saw that process happen. Uh, but again, it's like, right. It's like a sliver between this and that. And mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you never really get that closure of seeing him gr- move up to the next level, the next grade yeah. or whatever. And, and, uh, and Frank said, he's happy to be here. We're happy you're here too, Frank. Thanks buddy. Yes. Appreciate it, man. Um, I, yeah, I, I think it's also okay to, uh, just, step outside of the story for a bit and acknowledge the fact that George told those stories. And then he's like, you know what though? I kind of want to do this now. And then he did it. And I think that's, yeah. that's okay too. Oh yeah. I yeah, forgot yeah. we have pictures. <laughs> <laughs> it's totally okay. I've been so excited about the episode. <laughs> for Next up is Harry. Harry. Yep. Oh, Harry. How's it going, man? He said shadow for thanks for the super chat. He said shadow in the title is reference to shadow work. I don't know what shadow work is. I might be being dumb uh, right well, now. Well, I have. A- I, I took it as Anakin shadow warrior. Jason doesn't see who it is. He feels it lurking in the so, sh- shadow warrior. That's how I took there, it. Yeah. There, there's a 1980 Kurosawa film called Kajimusha, which translates to shadow warrior. Oh, that's cool. And Francis Ford Coppola and George Lucas were listed as producers on it. John did so, his research tonight. I, how you doing? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if this is just. <laughs> I don't know if this is just a nod to that because obviously Lucas was inspired by Kurosawa and Joseph Campbell, but the the plot of that movie, I guess, is that an emperor. Uh, no, a warlord's body is taken over by a, a double after his untimely death. So I don't mm. know if this was like Ahsoka dies prematurely, Anakin shows up, and he sort of sort of like finishes what's going on. It's like a light nod to that, but I, I think it might just be a, a nice, you know, nod to Kurosawa and also obviously George Lucas's love for Kurosawa and stuff like that. So and just in general, like if Anakin is the warrior, the warrior in the shadows, you know, it's kind of cool. The yeah, that's how warrior. I took it was that he's the shadow warrior. But Harry, thank you so much for the super thank chat. You. I'm sorry, I will never read your full name. 
but it, we're happy to have you here. <laughs> Next is not Harry, but Airy with this first super chat ever. Thank you so much. Said thoughts on the Anakin Mortis God theory. And then he put the face emoji. Um, look, we were talking about this a little bit offline, which I said, when people think Filoni, they think Rebels, Ahsoka, you know, World Between Worlds, Mortis Arc. Like, that's a mean thing. It's like, how does this mm-hmm. all work? So I'm going to let you guys chime in here because I have no idea. To be honest. I have nothing on this. I uh, It's way too much to wrap my head around. Um, and I don't know how far Filoni would want to take the, like, the main character of George Lucas's saga and start doing stuff like this with him. Mm-hmm. So I... I don't know that this is going to be a thing. I haven't really heard the theory, though, so I don't know. I mean, in general, I think my understanding of what Ari's talking about here is that in the Mortis stuff, the father wanted Anakin to replace him. He wanted him to be the new father. Um, he At the end of it all, he gets his mind wiped, uh, and the father has to like reconsider things because the son like did bad things and betrayed all this. So he like rethinks it and just wipes it all. So it never ended up really happening, but there's also all these connections with, um, Ahsoka and the daughter because Ahsoka died and like the daughter gave her life to Ahsoka so that she could live. Right. And there's the owl and all this that follow around. So, but I don't know what's the God theory though. Well, the God theory is that he's the father, she's the daughter. And then then there's this, the, the son it's like, who's the son. Mm -hmm. It's like, Mm -hmm. If if he is like a retelling, a repurposed version of that story, like then he is the Mortis God because maybe when then, he dies, he he then becomes the Mortis God. He replaces the other one. Mm. Yeah, I don't know how I, know. I feel about that. Until it happens, I'm going to say I have no idea. Yeah, I don't yeah, know. I think it's a cool connection, like Star Wars, like it rhymes sort of thing. But again, I, the missing component here is the sun, unless you want to say, but it sort of doesn't make sense, like yeah. that there's the missing component is the father, like, and he's the sun, Ahsoka, he's the dark, Ahsoka's the light, but he's the he's the one in the middle, and he's the father, and he's the master, it, so he's more likely the father than anything, but then we're, we're missing a son, so I, I don't know. Well, speaking of sun, Jason had his moment this episode, and that was yeah. one of my favorite parts. This is like you know, typical me, I had like six favorite parts in this episode. And one of the favorite moments was when he tells Hera to listen to the water and they do this beautiful shot where like he comes into focus, she comes into focus and he's really focusing like on what he's hearing and you hear the, the lightsaber start to come in again, the beautiful work sound work on this episode. But I think he really shined here and I kept being like, man, when are they going to train him? What are they? What are they doing with this kid? This kid is so impossibly powerful. <laughs> like, what are we he doing? He really feels like Specter Seven. You know, like he feels like he Dude. has become part of this group. Does that make sense? Like part of the one of the Rebels' mm-hmm. core yeah. characters. Right, we just right. didn't really know him in that show. As the show progresses and we get to the end, and there's a there's a Zeb and an Ezra and a Sabine and a Hera, and like he's standing there. It's like, yeah, they are part of that group. Yeah. Yeah, I think he is a good sort of um, just from the from a show standpoint, not in story, just like uh, a manifestation of, you know, the spirit of Canaan in a way. Yeah. So there's going to be his tendencies there, too. But I think I think the kid is doing a tremendous job 
just yes. let's just to get, put that out there. I think he's doing a wonderful job. And I like that he's being utilized and he's not just like, there's the kid running around in the background and that's yeah, Jason Easter Tamula. egg. Yeah, right. He's, he's gonna, there's something more. I'm not saying he's going to be like Bran Stark in Game of Thrones uh, type of thing, but I I do think there's going to be importance to him. And I know people have joked like, oh, I hope he doesn't go train with Luke. I'm like, yeah, neither do I. Um, but <laughs> I said that. Yeah, I, I, I liked that. I, I'm pretty sure because I watched it only twice, but I'm pretty sure Kiner slipped in a very slow version of the the force theme. Am I making yes. that up? No? Yes, that's they right. Oh, they did. Okay. Yeah. I thought that was really well done too. Which and Danny brought up in the chat. They're releasing a lot of the soundtracks on Friday on the, uh, Oh really? Um, oh, yeah. okay, cool. Very cool. Yeah. Um, I've been listening to the end credits a lot. I love it. On repeat. This yeah. is the yeah. first time I noticed yeah. that he's, I mean, I don't know if he had it earlier, but like he's got the Canaan, uh, shoulder pad mm-hmm. in this one oh, very prominently. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah I, I think, uh, Jason is sort of the, how shall I say this? The baby Groot to the original Groot. Like that you works. could argue that it's um, like, you know, the, oh, that one died and, and, you know, and it's just sort of like, this is the younger version of him, but it's sort of like a reborn. It's not really a reborn. I'm not getting into that, but I'm saying just for the sake of like the crew being together, like he's the son of because the dad passed away, but he obviously is so similar to Kanan in the sense of he looks the same. He sort of acts the same. He has force sensitivity and he's going to be like the other Jedi in the group. It's like, yeah, all those things are Kanan. He's very Kanan. And it's, it was great to hear his name in live action too. That was another thing. We've heard his voice before in live action. But it was and nice Carson to David was hear. Like, All right. Yeah, I loved that. He's <laughs> he's so good. I love I love him in the scene where they're like, uh, we're reporting you right now. Like, you need to tell us. And he's like, fair point. Like, yeah. I don't know what to tell you. He's this like, is- I disagree with you, but what am I gonna yeah. do? Part of me does want him to stuck. just be like, okay, see you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. He he just he uh, he wants nothing to do with the mystical stuff. He's like, oh, okay, that's cool. I Fire can't help but wonder though, because they first of all they brought up Leia, which is an awesome little senator. Leia is holding down the fort. Typical Leia. She's causing problems, but like mm-hmm. doing the right thing. Um, but I am very interested to see, which I was one of the people that believes this. When is Mando coming into the show? Because you have Carson Tava there, and now I have the feeling that he's not. And I thought he was, because John Favreau is involved in the series too, that wouldn't they bring Mando in at some point? He's working with Carson Tava. What's going on here? And I thought that like this would have been the moment like he shows up with Carson and they're all here to help, and he didn't show up. And I was like, oh, maybe he's not going to show up in this series. But I don't know. I, I don't know what's going on, but... You've got three um, episodes left, and I don't really know at what point he comes in to like save the day. I think it or I, just mention or something. Yeah, I yeah. mean, it is fair that he could show mm. up in that last episode as the sort of post post credit, not post credit, but you know what I mean. Like, oh, now that we're back, I want to introduce you to my friend. And right, it's, like, cool. it's the quick the dude. I get well, yeah, yeah, exactly. You get it real quick. <laughs> I think that would. I, I think that would sap the feeling and vibe of this show, though. For I some agree. Reason, I, I agree. Yeah, I do, too. I'm, this, we're just this, coming up this, with this. The show feels there. too spiritual and too mystical that like 
Mando's zooming in with Ludwig music and the N1 and stuff, I'd be like, what are you doing here? <laughs> Get out of here. You can't say that. You, dude. <laughs> I'm just interested. I think my thing, my in my personal connection, I don't think Kirsten Teva is the real connection. I think the it's Sabine and Mando or Sabine and Bo. Like when we get into that, mm-hmm. that connection that I feel the is Mandalorians is, you're saying. Yeah. I feel like Sabine might be the connection there to, to bring him into that world. Um, but Carson Tava is like, I don't know, like a glue or something, some, something that's definitely like, or a grease that's making it all work. Also, a he's grease. the one that will uh, go against orders to do what's right. And I think that that's ultimately our favorite characters in star Wars always tend to do. They get mm-hmm. some type of directive and they go, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, what do you guys feel about the uh, Pinocchio moment at the end where Ahsoka's like, we're going in this whale. We're getting out of here. <laughs> uh, very Pinocchio to me. Slow, it was like very slow. Um, but and this we yeah. can get into obviously the, the Ahsoka the White. I saw everybody talking about Gandalf. We've talked about Gandalf here before. I agree. It's very similar to Lord of the Rings. Greater, greater White. It was fun. It was cool. I, I, the cooler part I thought was seeing Jason referring to Ezra and it reminding him of that story. It's almost like yeah. it adds such a realism to these to the to Star Wars because you have Jason Sindula who didn't experience what Ezra did, but someone had told him that story and seeing Ahsoka enter the Purgle's mouth in her ship and him saying, that reminds me of that story you told me about Ezra. And I'm like, this is, Star Wars is real. This is real. Like, it was so cool. Like, it had so many, like, layers to it. I just thought that was, that moment I thought was so cool. I loved all the Purgle stuff. I thought it was so fun. I thought it's one of those examples of, like, creatures of Star Wars really getting a moment to shine. And, um... I said it earlier, but like it just had this magical moment, right? Kind of like if we're talking about Lord of the Rings, like Gandalf with the eagles, like type of thing. Like you're just using creatures in the in the universe to help you along the way. I love that whole aspect. There was something so hopeful about it. And I loved the exchange between Ahsoka and Hu Yang, where he's just like, we don't even know where this whale is going. And she goes, it is what it is. We'll end up where mm-hmm. we end up. And I thought that was just such a beautiful moment because I feel like I'm definitely the type of person that like gets so nervous and anxious and scared of like kind of open-ended, ambiguous. Well, that's not the word. I just slaughtered that word. Ambiguity. <laughs> <laughs> Ambiguity. Ambiguity. Yeah. <laughs> when it comes to like things that I don't know what's going to happen. And I felt super hopeful and or inspired by Ahsoka just being like, you know what? It just It's going to end up how it ends up. And then we go from there and we figure it out, but we have nothing else to do. So let's take the risk. And I think that shows how she's matured from that world between worlds moment because she wouldn't have taken that risk before. I don't think she's now doing right. it because she has nothing else exactly. to lose. Yeah. yeah she believes yeah. in the force again. She's, she's like leaving her fate up to the force. She's letting the force decide things as opposed to being like, we need that map. I need to make sure Sabine's she's um, regained her faith. Right. You know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, another thing about the 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 space whale creature aspect of it is I was just talking to you, John, and it, about on this on the Monday show. It's not exactly the same thing, but I got the feeling a little bit of what I was describing when I said, like, I hope we get a Bendu character 
um, because I want to see that big, massive creature and it somehow being part of the story to a point where like, well, we need to go speak to, you know, Azeroth or whatever, you know, it's like this thing and it's this creature and then it gives you this wisdom or, or cool information and then you move on. Like, you know, it's just like this, it lives in the pit of despair or whatever. Mm -hmm. Seeing Ahsoka walk up to the creature on the top of her ship and like reach out and have this sort of conversation as it slowly like shows its massive size and and you see a side shot of her like tiny standing in front of this yes. big thing and then she comes back in and she's like I talked to it and it said we can ride we can okay, hitch a ride go. I'm like yeah. <laughs> that it, it didn't talk it would it wouldn't have been cool if it talked but the <laughs> point of what I was describing was like it would be cool to see a creature that's like hey get in or whatever you know it's <laughs> like you get this cool voice obviously that would be really stupid in the sense of the pergil but it was the same idea, the same vibe, right? I'm going to throw something wild out there, and I think that this is correct. Uh, so when I'm right, I hope to get a bunch of high fives online. Uh, they announced recently at the De De uh, Destination D23 event that Ahsoka was coming to Star Tours. I bet the Star Tours level, you fly through Purgles. Oh, that's a good call. Yeah, probably. Yep, like you're in the ride like, whoa, Purgles, whoa. I'm sure that's what's going to happen. <laughs> and everybody in the everybody in the thing is like, "What are purgles? <laughs> exactly. What are these things? This yeah. is so." I'm just going to do James's purgle voice. Hey, everybody. <laughs> it's a little. It's a little Dory Whaley. Yes. Yeah. 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 But it was um, as soon as it happened, I was like, "Pinocchio, this is very Pinocchio." Like getting in the whale and then going to your destination. I, and the yeah, purgle looks Jonah great again like the the visual effects in this show is elite level uh, better than andor in my opinion because mm -hmm. they're doing creatures and mystical stuff like and it looks great um mm -hmm. but i we we touched on this and we didn't talk about it enough but i really am just completely 100 percent convinced as though as if i wasn't before but the kiner music and that classical Star Wars score elevates scenes in this show. And I started thinking as I was watching some of the shows, I'm like, if this scene had like Ludwig Göransson over it, it probably wouldn't raise up enough as this is right now. Kinders make really, me cry. 100%. I really do think, I really do think Star Wars needs to have classical scores like this. And it just, it, it takes so many of these scenes and adds emotional weight to it in such a way that you're not even saying like the music's doing this to me. It's blending in with the scene perfectly. And I know mm -hmm. that he's been with Filoni for a long time. So it's sort of like a Elton John, Bernie Toppin thing. They just like left hand, right hand. I think it's perfect. So I hope Kiner and his, you know, whoever his kids get the opportunity to score the Filoni movie too. I think, I think so. that is a perfect fit. I think he's totally yeah. going to do the movie. I feel mm. like I look, I'm not, I'm never like trying to downplay the Mandalorian score or whatever. And I know it's like iconic. You can say like six parts of it and people know it immediately. But the thing is, is like from day one, I went into that score and I go, you know, I'm, I'm not digging this a hundred percent. This doesn't feel star Warsy to me. It feels cool. I like it. It's neat, but there's something it felt like black Panther. It's not he did, quite right. Yeah. He right. did black Panther. So it felt very like, 
cool like Black Panther, but it didn't. But I think Star it's Wars. taken a lot of people a long time to get to that because it's been oh, Mandalorian's amazing. It's a perfect theme and blah, blah, blah. And we love it and all this other stuff. But now out of context, we're starting to see uh, these other songs and other scores come along and we're like, whoa, the classical Star Wars John Williams Z style fits Star Wars better than the other stuff. So it makes it more cinematic 100% because yep. it these episodes to me, especially this one, it felt bigger than what it was. Like I felt like I wasn't just watching a TV show. I felt like this was a bigger moment within Star Wars that was building to something that's you know, we're getting mm -hmm. there type thing. Yeah. Um, I love which the, is the movie music. Yeah. That outro music, like right in the middle of it, it cuts to the like slow, like building thing with the horns and stuff. And I'm like, mm -hmm. this is so huge. It's a journey. It's journey music. And when you're going on this journey, it's like, oh, it's just so beautiful. And the way they worked in Vader's themes throughout the whole thing and oh, like yeah, all these yeah. other little moments, it's like those little kind of nostalgic few notes that you immediately get pulled into it and you're like, Oh my God, I'm in this. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, uh, quick thoughts on where, what do you think is going to go down next week before we get out of here? And then I know we have uh, a couple of super chats too. We but. do have some super chats. We do have some super chats. I have no idea. <laughs> I'm so bad at speculating at this point because every time I speculate, I've been horribly wrong. Um, but I would probably say that we're going to see Thrawn and Ezra, which I thought we were going to see this episode. But now that I know that it was Anakin, I understand why Dave took that episode. But I think we're going to see Thrawn, which from the trailers, I believe at this point we've seen every piece of footage from the trailers is what people were saying, except the Thrawn stuff, which Thrawn is walking out onto the Eye of Scion. So mm -hmm. he's going to show up there eventually. It's the same gold arch that uh, Morgan right. Elsbeth, I always mess up her name. Elsbeth is is standing on as well, so it's coming. Uh, I yeah, I think Thrawn. I wonder. Yeah, I wonder if we start there because we saw the Purgle go into hyperspace. They so leave it open ended, up, like oh, we don't know where Ahsoka is, type thing. Well, or we either pick up with them traveling to again, or we pick mm -hmm. up with here's where they're going, and here because mm -hmm. here, we we haven't seen Sabine this episode or Balin Skull, mm -hmm. so we got we got to see what's going on with that because mm -hmm. uh, we need to you know refresh what's happening with Sabine's mentality right now and her choices, um, and then I do think we'll get thrown because I mean I love Favreau and I love Filoni, but they're like so we have these great villains and you're just not going to see them at all, yeah. <laughs> just like come on man give I, me a, give us thrawn let's go i think i mean i think i'm i'm i've been saying this the whole series i think the main villains are balin and, and shin and thrawn is the overarching villain that you're only going to get a taste of in this show so i'm i'm saying i'm thinking thrawn is teased in episode seven and they show him a little bit and then they show a little bit more in episode eight and that's really it and i might even go as far as to say i don't think ezra's in the show and if he is he's like the very 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 end of eight because mm -hmm. okay. um, yeah. i again like we went into the show and we were thinking oh it's thrawn and ezra we're gonna get it and i'm like i don't think they're in the show that much i think they would have been on the 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 tour and and talking i think you know the first excited to play the characters and stuff you and might be like right not in it i'm beginning to think we might not see thrawn next week i hope we do um 
But I really have this weird feeling that they're going to debut Thrawn in live action in a very memorable way. And I think that way is he's going to board the ring, uh, Eye of Scion, right? Eye of Scion, mm-hmm. yep. He's going to board the Eye of Scion. And you guys remember Scion? Eye of Sauron, I believe, is actually what it's called. No, I'm just kidding. Wasn't that like a cube type car? Eye of Scion? The Scion? Oh, I don't know. Yeah. The but Scion I think he's going to board that thing and he, he's going to kill Morgan Elsbeth. I think that's going to be the first thing he does. He's going to be like, I don't laugh. need you anymore. Which it's like so typical, right? Like, oh, you've made it. I've gotten to you. And they're like, you're dead. Goodbye. Or yeah, he's going to tell so Balin. Funny. He's like, Why Balin. Killer, though? What has she done wrong? Just because he can, because he doesn't need her anymore. <laughs> I guess. He doesn't need her. Disposable. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't need her. He exhausted everything he needed from her, the magic. He got pulled that all that off, and he's going to be like, all right, Balin, do what I told you to do. And he's going to like. What if Thrawn kills her. Balin and Shin? I don't think so. He'll keep them no. around because they have the force yeah. and they look I like think, good people. I think, I think we are meant to be put into such pain that Balin Skull, Balin Skull is going to survive this show and we're not going to know what to do with him after that. <sighs> Unfortunately. I'm going to play around with this theory of, of Thrawn being the one who actually kills Balin and Shin because, or maybe not Shin as well, but like Balin, <laughs> but like, I think there could be something to the fact that like, you need this villain to be the biggest, craziest, ultimate, baddest person that you can be. And that would be killing off your force users, the the most powerful people in the room, um, because they're disposable. Whereas I think Morgan Elspeth has been doing her job for a long time. So I, I don't know why I can't come up with the motivation there other than, you know, just to get rid of her. Well, but, Thrawn is, he's a military guy and maybe he doesn't like the idea of having this witchcraft around for too long. Um, and especially she knows what it, maybe she knows or what she oversteps. Are. That's the other thing. Like she, I be like, that. hey, I demand this, and then he's it's like, just, oh, witches, witches you? don't survive fantasy stories. They just don't. I just, I like this idea that like Balin has the force, and 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 Thrawn like threatens him, and he's like, I, are you serious? Like I could kill you in an instant, and then Thrawn has like maybe the creatures or something that like showcases that he can't be affected by the force. You know, oh, and those so, like salamander thingies. What are they called? I don't remember what they're called, but like that could be something that it could they're showcase like how salamanders. powerful Thrawn is yeah. by by having Balin showcase a lot of power and then try to go up against Thrawn and he's he can't, you know, he can't yeah. overcome him because Thrawn is stronger uh because he outthought Balin, who's been very mm. methodical this whole series so far, you know. I don't know. Yeah. I, I think it could be interesting. Yes, so Amari. <laughs> it's a lot That's of ways correct. to go um, alright let's get to the uh, super chats and then uh, give our final thoughts and hop on out yes yes so first up we have a super chat from Jones Vibes loving the vibes Jones thanks for the super thanks, chat he said, could Jason end up being Ahsoka's future apprentice instead of Sabine I felt like there was a partial setup there I agree with you I think the hug the oh Jason's here was like kind of like oh Hmm. And the fact that he had the power to like sense what was going on. And there was a moment where he's like, who are you fighting? And Ahsoka was like really intrigued and like wanted to answer. And Hera kind of cut her off. I feel Hera was like, nope, we're not doing this. No force. Nope. Because I think Hera is nervous of how powerful Jason is. What do you guys think? I would be surprised if they abandon the Ahsoka Sabine thing. I think that's going to end in a good way. And I think, I think she's it ended up- when she 
went with Palin Skull. No, no, well, I think when she made the selfish choice of like not listening to her master, that kind of ended. Well, Sabine's yeah. not going to be a villain, so she's going to realize her wrongs and come back. So I think um, that is going that's going to be repaired. I think Jason, it would be the most touching thing if it was Ezra who got to train Jason. Talk yeah. about Star Wars and and the the because the father. Parallel. Their father sort of teaches the son. The son sort of the teaches son becomes the, the father. Son. Yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> In yeah. a different way. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think that makes a lot of sense. Uh, the only way I see the Sabine Ahsoka thing ending, it could still be like Sabine saying like, I'm not stopping, but it it's not for me. I'm, I'm Mandalorian or something like that. Like coming to her own conclusion. Or like okay, what I did. It still feels strange yeah. that this is even a thing in the first place. Uh, you know, I'm not really sure what the point of it being. If the ultimate goal is for Sabine just to say, I don't want to be a Jedi. I'm exactly. Mandalorian. You That's know, so it's like, like what are we doing? Yeah. 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 Thanks Jones. Loving the vibes. Uh, next is Semper Fi Danny. What up Danny and Mark? who usually watches with Danny. What up, Danny? She said, so much to love about this show. What amazed me the most and maybe a bit underrated is the force abilities Jason demonstrated. Hearing the world between worlds, mind blown. My little rebel's Kanan loving heart did a beat. I don't think it's downplayed at all. I think this was pretty much, they gave him a big moment there to be like, yeah. look, this kid has power. Uh, yeah. And the whole Thank call you. out to Kanan Jarrus from Hu Yang, who explains mm -hmm. it. And Carson Dave was like, I don't, okay. Whatever. That's cool, man. <laughs> awesome. Guy sounds Thanks, great. <laughs> yeah. Next is Stubby One again. What up, Stubby One? Thanks for Super Chat. He said, Theory, Balin's goal is to kill Thrawn, but Ezra stops him like Thrawn, uh, throne scene in Return of the Jedi. Thanks for the reviews. First live attended 10 out of 10 Rosarios. No, thank hey. you, man. Thanks thank for you. being here yeah, with your so cute cool. pup pick. Appreciate it. Balin's goal is to kill Thrawn. I don't think it is, man. I think there's something going on there that we don't know yet because he's talking about everything like we, we've talked about this a bunch. I know James and John have commented on about how it's like the mystical fairy tale stuff. Like, oh, it's a thing he heard that now he knows exists. Yeah. I don't know what you guys think, but I think it's not Thrawn. I think Thrawn's oh. just a piece of the puzzle. Yeah, I I don't know. I I don't think Balin's out to kill Thrawn based on what he's been saying, and I don't think Balin's the type of person to lie to his apprentice for reasons. I think he's a right. deliberate speaker and an honest speaker. And he said, and she said, "What about us if Thrawn returns?" And he said, "Power more than you could possibly imagine," or something. But like also that. keep in mind here because I'm still working on this Thrawn Balin theory. <laughs> oh, boy. Also keep in mind here that Balin, when he was questioned about how. You, it, the right thing to do is to start a war. He's like, I'm not starting a war. I'm doing this. Thrawn's the one who's going to start a war. He's right. acknowledging that the bad thing will happen because of his actions. Yeah. So I think if you wanted to go down the route of Balin, like sort of playing in the middle and may maybe like at the end of his life doing the right thing or being somewhat redeemed or something, it could be that he recognizes that Thrawn is as bad as he feared. And mm -hmm. so he tries to stop him and Thrawn mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. says If no. Balin gets redeemed, it's the worst character in the history John, of Star Wars. <laughs> <John's> <laughs> so sad. Wait, like, like, think of another think ending for your villains, please. I don't please. think he's like a bad guy, though. He's clearly playing the villain. That's why Alpine keeps so coming middle. back, folks. I got news for you. They keep making these villains, and then they're like, he's good again. Just kidding. And then they're like, yeah, who can be evil? Here. And they're like, Sheevy babes. 
Bring him back. All right. Thanks, W1. Last but not least is Joseph. Thanks for the super chat. He said, what do y'all think Ezra will be like? He must have changed in some way, right? More or less powerful at peace. I have no idea. Yeah. I have no idea what Ezra I, I think we're all going to be in some type of shock of where he's at because he can't be the exact same person. And again, we brought this up earlier. We don't know if there's been a time jump for them. Like yeah, we don't right. know what the time difference is in this other galaxy or is it the same time or has he been in limbo? Like we don't know. We don't I know. Just, what I don't know how you feel, James. I just don't want Ezra to be like despondent and like disconnected and like lukefied. On October, we've oh, seen that. Oh, last Jedi Luke, yeah. I, I I want him to be Ezra and maybe like he's imprisoned or like I I I don't want him to be too far from what he was. That's just my opinion. My my imagine only he's thought... dead the whole time he's been dead. <laughs> oh come on. I'm just saying, like imagine all these can, people yeah. are hoping for Ezra to be back and it's just like, oh, he died like day Filoni's two. is just like burn you all. <laughs> it's like day think... two, he he's gone. I think that <laughs> My thought of Ezra is you're get you're going to get the same Ezra that you saw in the last episode of Rebels. The one that like has the understanding, gets it. He was a kid. He's not a kid anymore and he understands his purpose. Um I I hope that they well, I don't know. I'd be fine with it, I guess, but like I what you're saying John is you hope they don't take him on an arc where he has to like relearn everything for everybody. Or find his uh, yeah. space again like Ahsoka just did. Yeah, yeah. like we I just keep like hearing about how great work. Commander Bridger was and how he saved all these people and stuff yeah. and then when you finally meet him, he's like Luke Skywalker on Octo, you know, it's like okay, we we kind of don't want that, you know what I mean? And, yeah. and again, we've talked about Well, we I didn't want that either as Luke fans. <laughs> Well, I know that's what I'm saying. It's like, I, I think that uh, uh, Dave Filoni has the opportunity with these shows to sort of make the sequels better. And so he can sort of give back on the things that we didn't get in the prequels in these shows. Mm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. I do have two quick other comments I want to bring up just because I thought they were interesting. So Luke Count Pepto asks, Lacey, will we get a dope Anakin world between the world's black series? Uh, Luke, it's funny you brought that up because Hasbro released today that they brought out an Obi-Wan Darth Vader fighting set. And I was like, you're a little late, a little late for that. Uh, but Hascon, Hasbro. Guys, did you see the new episode? <laughs> yeah. It was so exciting. Here it is. It's like, yeah. what? No. Hasbro PulseCon's coming up on September 22nd. Uh, they're going to make a lot of announcements for Star Wars. I guarantee you're going to get a lot of Ahsoka sound announcements that day. Um, and then Micro Mort. What? Slow bro meme. Do you remember that? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Where like it's like Hasbro. Who hey, we put out the new cool show. <laughs> yeah. Michael Mori says James Pergle voice reminds me of the narwhal from the movie Elf. Hop bye, buddy. Hope you find your dad. Fun fact, that's John Favreau. Favreau, yeah. That is Favreau saying that. What what if it did that? What if we, what if we see just a quick section of the Pergle pulling away from the ship as they ex, as they exit the mouth and he says, Goodbye, Soka. Hope you find Ezra. <laughs> and it is it John be, Favreau. It wouldn't surprise yeah. me if Favreau did the sounds of the Pergle. Oh. That'd be hilarious. Anyway. You guys are killing it tonight in the comments and uh, yeah. just in general, Always. thanks for being awesome because yeah. you're it's hard sometimes to go through episodes like this. They're so action packed and so crazy. And then you guys give in little like sentences here and there. And I'm like, oh, my God, yes, that. Right. Yeah. So it yeah. helps us go through stuff. It's a yeah, it's a good time. Um, mm -hmm. And we want to thank everybody, whether you join us live or you're listening on your favorite pod app or you're 
you know, watching on YouTube after the fact. Thank you very much. We hope you enjoyed this show. Uh, let us know what you think in the comments. And of course, enter the giveaway contest for yes. the Chatterback Ooh. Chopper. So you small. want to leave a comment on the video itself of what you think is going to happen next week on <laughs> part six of Ahsoka. Wah, wah, or wah, wah. quote yeah. tweet our post on X or Twitter, whatever you still call it, uh, with your thoughts and predictions on what's going to happen next week as well. And also, <laughs> if, you, if you want to tell people, uh, your followers to watch and listen to TRV, that's pretty cool too. But enter and have fun. But most importantly, we hope everyone had a good time with us because we did. It always flies by an hour and a half, you know, felt like 30 minutes, felt like we could have unpacked a lot more. And we will as we move forward, of course, as we are three episodes away from the end of uh, season one of Ahsoka. I don't know. Um, but uh, thank you to everybody. So make sure you do subscribe, spread the word, all that good stuff. And a special shout out to our patrons, uh, patreon.com slash resistance broadcast. If you like what we do here at TRB and are able to support us, Tears start at just five bucks. Hop over there, check them out. And if you are a patron, we're about to hop over right now to Patreon and do our live Q&A where you can ask us any questions about anything, not just Star Wars. And it always leads to a good time. Which, uh, fun yeah, fact, the last one someone had asked us what we were like in high school. Uh, Adam and Garrett are in the comments right now who went to high school with me, who could vouch for me saying how annoying I was. Uh, those are the types of things you learn on Patreon. <laughs> so Adam and <laughs> no, Garrett, thanks for that. watching. But uh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So head to patreon.com slash resistance broadcast. Sign up, join us, and we appreciate it. Um, and then a special shout out has to go out to our generals and spice runners. Uh, Carmelo, John Reese, Jetta Rosewater, Frank Grande, Darth Hurricane, Nick Kratz, Chris Morales, Brian Smith, Matt Chitty, Danny, Mike Ramori, Matt Heath, Brendan McLaughlin, Count Pepto, Sneaky Zebra, Aaron Ellington, Colin Cormier, Jolton Jedi, DiMaggio, Diana, and Dave Hornack. And the Spice Runners, David Probus, Neil Shaw, Kendall Gellner, Andrew Staley, Jeremy Myers, Michael Fry, and the Fort Worthian. Thank you all so much. For me, Johnny Hoey on X, uh, Threads, <laughs> Blue Sky, uh, and my movie podcast, just like the movies. We're doing Death Proof next. Quentin Tarantino, Kurt Russell. Um, Lacey, how about you? People can find me on all the social media channels at Lacey Gillerin on TikTok at It's Lacey Gillerin. And as a funny little moment, uh, last night I was showing Matt some of the uh, coolest moments in the episode, including a moment with Hera. And he said, wow, I, I thought Hera died in Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I, I'm not even kidding, guys. I did a spit take. I had to wipe off my desk because I was like, what? Because she's green. <laughs> But but, but Gamora doesn't fact. <laughs> Go ahead. Oh, well, I thought she died and then came. She back. died and comes back, but he's so far behind in that too. That oh yeah. Oh, but fun fact: Young Gamora is, is the person who played yes. Young Ahsoka in this episode. Yes, Ariana Greenblatt. Yep. Uh huh. I was like, oh, my God, she found her niche. Play play the young version of popular character. Yeah, she killed it. <laughs> um, all right, James, where are you at? Oh, uh, X and Instagram, both at Myra Trunks. Right on. All right. Uh, me and James will be back with you on Monday where we're going to check in with those upcoming Star Wars movies that uh, obviously everything's on hold right now from a production standpoint because of the strikes, but the future of Star Wars, we're going to take a look at what the three of us have put together in terms of how likely those 
officially announced movies are going to happen. We're going to run through them mm-hmm. all and have some fun with that. But me, you, and Dunstan all checking in. Dunstan will be checking in. Who's Patrons, Dunstan? there's a movie called Dunstan Checks In. It's about a, mo- a monkey who works at a hotel. Oh, okay. Uh, uh, <laughs> I worked at a video store. I remember. I know, I know all that garbage. Anyway, uh, patrons, we'll see you in a bit at our Q&A in about a few minutes. Just have to mm-hmm. run to the bathroom real quick. Everyone else, have a great week, great weekend, and we'll see you next time right here on the Resistance Broadcast. See you around, kids. <laughs>